Welcome back to the Teacher Fit Podcast. This is a special episode, an episode one of our new format, our new show, The Flow Podcast, powered by Teacher Fit. It's going to be myself and my amazing co-host, Allison Carmichael. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Before we jump in, I just want to remind you that we're hosting our first annual Educators Day of Running coming up on June 15th. It is 100% free, just a day for our community to come together to celebrate and honor all the hard work that educators around the world have put forth this second part of the year during COVID-19 and beyond. So go ahead and sign up for that. The links are in all of our social media platforms and enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to the new and improved Teacher Fit Podcast. This is the new version, much improved. I think you guys will agree with me that it's better to have Allison as part of the show now. We're moving on to the Flow Podcast by Teacher Fit, uh, co-hosted by myself and none other than our Director of Mindfulness, Allison Carmichael. Allison, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. New and improved. I like the sound of that. I uh, I think uh, it's good to have a little banter back and forth. So hopefully we can bring that to our, our teachers. Absolutely. There's only so much entertainment value or value by itself that I can bring by myself. So I appreciate you being excited to be a part of the show and jumping on board to really take the lead and make this way better. Oh, thank you so much. That's uh, that's some pressure. So here we go. Yeah, I'm up for it though. Let's go. So day one of the show, and we, you know, we're a little late starting to record. You've got a great story. I haven't even heard it yet, but I think it can bring value and just like, hey, life happens on day one of the show. We've been locked out of the office. Give it to us straight. What's going on in your world right now? Yeah, actually, that is exactly what I was thinking. I was like, well, this is what I preach, so I better practice it. So I went into work today, uh, even though I didn't have to, and I thought it would be good for me to get a few things for my job done here in the office. I knew I would be alone uh, in the office today, uh, that none of the other employees were going to be here and so uh, that's relaxing. Um, I'm still in my uh, gym clothes from doing my four-mile run this morning, so I don't I don't altogether smell very well, and I don't look too professional right now. But I uh, came in the front door like I always do. I came in my office like I always do. I uh, was excited because I was early for this podcast. I was going to get myself all set up. I had my phone where I wanted it to be, and um, was actually getting myself a cup of coffee. And I uh, have a Keurig here in my office because that's just how much I love coffee. So I'm a Keurig going and I walk to our teacher's lounge to get my creamer out of the fridge. And I left everything in my office like I always do. I walk the 10 feet, you know, to the lounge door. I open the lounge door. I walked in the lounge door, got my creamer, walked back to the door and it was locked. For the first time ever, that door was locked. I didn't even know it could lock. Well, luckily, <laughs> there's a second door. So I thought, okay, well, let me go see, you know, somebody must have locked this door for some reason. I'll go check the other door. Sure enough, that door 
also locked. Uh, so in my you know, good fortune, we have an, uh, the lounge is connected to a patio. So there's an exterior door. Uh, so I walked out this exterior door and propped it open with a table uh, just so that I could at least get back in the lounge. I didn't know how long this was going to have, you know, last for. I hunted down a nice fellow. Uh, we are in a um, land of construction here where I work. And so a uh, nice gentleman uh, on his way to a construction site. I was able to use his phone and get a hold of my husband who has nobody's phone numbers. And so I said, you got to help me out. I said, you got to tell Nick Mann, you know, that I'm going to be late. I'm locked out. So I uh, came back then to school. And again, I kind of was on that like outside patio uh, and had access to the, to the lounge. But the lounge is hotter. It's going to be the hottest day in Arizona uh, yet. So 112 today. So it's already really hot. Wow. But it was better actually to be outside than inside without the air conditioning on. So I sat on the patio. <laughs> I, did, I did exactly like you said. I, I, I was like, well, I'm stuck. <laughs> so I might as well breathe. So I did some breathing activities and um, just thought, you know, well, Nick will forgive me. He'll understand. And, uh, you know, things happen and, and we just have to roll with it. And uh, so, yes, thank you for showing me that grace. And and, uh, and that that's what kind of kept me calm. And I knew somebody would show up. And luckily, um, somehow the, you know, the telephone went from my husband to somebody else to somebody else. And one of the teachers that lives in the neighborhood came to my rescue. So she'll forever be my hero uh, by letting me back into my office. <laughs> what a morning. That's great. Um, but I love that it's, you know, real world. A lot of times, you know, we put out a ton of this content and we talk about mindfulness, we talk about fitness, but like we're human, right? And showing that side that this kind of stuff happens to everyone, you know, myself, I have the days that I don't want to go for a run. I don't want to work out. You have days that you get locked out of your office and you're frustrated. And if we can actually practice what we preach, like you talked about, everything's going to be fine. It's just one little blip on the radar that we can deal with. So I love, I love that story. And you were going to tell me the story before we started recording. I was like, nope, this is a story for the people. <laughs> our, our listeners, however many they may, there may or may not be, need to hear this. So I, I appreciate you yeah. being vulnerable and sharing. Yeah, so, no problem. But you talked about you're still in your gym clothes, which I love because I'm always in gym clothes. And, you know, you started this. Obviously, we're going through. We're finishing actually today. You know, tomorrow being the last day of the month, our study of atomic wellness habits based on James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, and you have been all over it, crushing the habits, sharing your journey, using your habits journal, and you've started this running habit. Tell me about your new four miles every day, what that's about, how's it going, kind of what was your motivation? I want to hear all about it. Yeah, um, so I hate running. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, uh, I never have enjoyed running. I, uh, I know some people kind of get to that point where they've run so much that they, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that maybe you run so much, you just start to be, you know, uh, immersed in running and it's who you are and, and there's some enjoyment in that. But there's, there's no part of running that I've ever enjoyed. Honestly, I think that might be why softball was my sport of choice. There was limited running, you know, you just had to run the 
60 feet from here to there. So, um, but I've, I've never really been, uh, uh, you know, consistent with my practice. So this quarantine uh, changes your perspective on things, right? And so um, one of the, our gyms were closed and we've been doing the teacher fit in the backyard, uh, the teacher fit workouts and, and kind of just that whole feeling of being cooped up. And so taking walks and, and getting away from the house and on your own a little bit, I think was, was my motivation, I guess. Um, also just uh, overall health and um, just in general, you know, wanted to do good things for me. And so I thought, well, if I take up running and, and if I do this for, let's say a year, you know, won't I be in a better spot than I was now, you know? So I didn't really give myself, um, you know, I didn't have a goal for in 30 days, I'm going to be able to run a 10 minute mile. I, I, I didn't really set my short term. This is kind of more like I really think if I can change my lifestyle, you know, it's kind of James Clear talks a lot about, you know, goals versus uh, your systems and what you do every day to build a system in this day that can help you reach your long-term goals. And so that kind of clicked for me. And I thought, man, it's really not about my pace today. It's really just about the rate of doing what I want to do. So rate, the way that I interpret that in my you know, little running activity here is I was gonna say four days a week, I'm gonna run my four mile loop. And then that's 20 more miles than I would have done or 16 more miles than I would have done, you know, not having this habit and then over a year that sounds great so um i uh started i had a few ideas that were going to help me you've talked on your podcast and you um we've talked about it before and james clear talks about making your habits easy um and so my four mile loop strategy was that it's near my house i just go out my front door i don't have to also get in a car and go anywhere um, and it's just uh, in Arizona, where we're really our roads are very east and west, north and south, and mile mile long. So it's very much a grid if you were to look at Arizona's roads um, from an aerial shot. And so I just thought, well, just you know, run down this mile and over to this mile, and that's four miles. I can do that, or at least walk part of it. Um, and, uh, and I said, I'll start on Sunday. Uh, that'll get me a weekend day to get in a run so that if I, if I overwhelmed up, Mondays are usually hard, uh, coming back from a weekend, Mondays are usually tough. So let's say I were to skip my run on Monday, then at least I did my Sunday run. So that was also like a mental trick I did, you know, like I could get ahead of my goal by starting the week on a Sunday instead of Monday to Sunday. It was Sunday to Saturday. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, I've just said, I, and I actually have been running five times a week, not the four, which makes me feel even better. It kind of makes me feel a little bit more proud. Um, even though this is like for who, you know, it's really just for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that's actually, what's most important. Yeah. I'm not getting a medal for this, you know, nobody cares, but it's about, uh, a change in my life, you know, and, um, and so, uh, some other easy things I've done is I, uh, so sometimes in the morning, uh, the being a married couple's kind of hard sometimes. So you wake up and you're like, wait, where are you put, you're putting on your tennis shoes. What are you about to do? Because I want to go running, you know, and we've got the kids in the bed and you can't just both go when you have little ones at home. And so, 
um, I had to tell my husband, and that I think has that accountability piece. Not only was I using social media and Teacher Fit to hold me accountable, um, to tell Teacher Fit, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, and so there's accountability in that. But it was also me telling my husband, hey, on you know Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, I'm going to wake up and this is what I'm going to do. And this is about how long it takes me. And so any adjustment he had to make to his schedule, we had to figure that out as a team. Um, and again, kind of thinking as, as a family, we couldn't leave our kids at home alone. So, um, so yeah, and that, that brought some accountability to it. He even told me last night, he was like, I'm so proud of you, you know, cause I was talking about doing today's run and um, getting it done before we, we uh, started this podcast and trying to figure out my timing with everything that, that we have to get done in the morning. So um, yeah, I, and now it's, I think this is my third week. I've been tracking it both in my journal, um, but also in, um, I have RunKeeper. Uh, it's an app. I don't know if you use that at all, um, but RunKeeper, just use, I start it. It keeps a, a track of the mileage and the mile pace, but I don't let it talk to me. I don't really, it's really not about the pace for me right now. I know over time um, I will get faster. Actually, I was looking so for the four activities I did, uh, including the one this morning, I have about a minute shaved off from last week's five activities. So I must be walking less. I must be jogging more of the time. And that's just in one week. So that's it's awesome. not really about my pace right now, but you know, that just goes to show, you know, if you stick to it and you don't really focus on the end goal, you know, or get over overwhelmed with, you know, well, I want to run a nine minute mile that can be dawning because today I didn't, I didn't run a nine minute mile. And so instead of that creating this sense of failure, you know, I was able to just say that'll come with time. And it's just about getting my shoes on and getting out the door. Absolutely. That, that was kind of the, the thing there. So yeah, that helped me a ton. So many great points in you know, that decision to make this new habit and then your journey thus far. Two things I want to pull on. One is the loop and kind of the mindset around making it easy. So something I used to do very similar when I was training, um, I've done some ultra marathons and just try to do things to challenge myself uh, each year, but I would purposely run out and back. So, hey, you have to do 10 miles today. Oh, I don't feel like doing 10 miles. I'm just going to run five miles one way and guess what? Like I can't fail because I have to get back to my car. Yes, there, there's probably some way I could call someone and like get picked up, but I'd rather just come back, you know, and like that removes that ability to quit. Like if I was doing it in a track or maybe even like a short loop, then I could just like, oh, there's my car. Like I did six, that's good enough. But making those little tricks, you can trick yourself into success of like, you know, there's no way I can fail this because I have to get back to my car. So I love that. And then the, the teamwork piece, obviously, you have to take into account your husband, your kids, and with teachers as they're doing stuff in the classroom, they have taken into account their students and principals like you who may not like what they're doing and all these things. But having that accountability and teamwork and having those conversations of, hey, this is what I want to achieve. I need your help. I need your accountability. I think that's a really, really powerful tool that you know, if you didn't have that, it would be much harder. So I commend you on everything you've already achieved, you know, setting the goal of, Hey, I'm just going to do this. Obviously we all know that consistency is the number one indicator of success in all things, health, 
wellness, mindfulness, nutrition, fitness. It's not about what you do this week. It's, hey, how long can I be consistent in doing this thing over and over and over? And that's something we talked about ad nauseum when we were talking through Atomic Habits. It's like, you have to make it fun. You have to make it easy. You have to make it something you want to do every single day. So I love all of those points. Yeah. You've got so much going on. Another thing I wanted to ask you about is congratulations. You're going back to school. Tell us all about that. This is the, you know, diving deep uh, into Allison's life podcast. So tell us about that. Uh, yeah, this is, this is very new uh, for me. And so it's very exciting. You know, new things are exciting, but you also are filled with that like sense of nervous energy. Um, and so I fe I'm feeling all of those things. So uh, for years, I've wanted to pursue a doctoral degree. Um, and so I've been uh, uh, working on, you know, researching universities and looking at what I could potentially afford um, and uh, what program would best suit me and my future goals. And so um, I looked into, there's a lot of programs that I could pursue that would still be in the realm of education. Um, and just with this uh, drive that I have to learn more about the mind and the brain and how the brain can help us in uh, all kinds of so not only can it help us to be healthier um, but but maybe even happier you know and so I'm just totally intrigued um, by this the study of the mind and I guess the power of the mind um, and so I decided to go into a general um, uh, psychology program it's with Grand Canyon University, which is a university here in Phoenix. Um, uh, Dan Marley, the, a player from the Phoenix Suns, used to coach the basketball team there. I don't, he's not the coach there anymore, but that was one of their claim to fame <laughs> moments. But, um, so I'll, I'll start this June, uh, and it should take three years for me to finish my dissertation portion of the, of the program. And I just, I guess I, I kind of love learning. Uh, probably a lot of us teachers, we call ourselves lifelong learners for a reason. Um, and so I really just dig being a learner and, and learning about the mind through all that, that we've even done with teacher fit and, and all of that is just, I just really dig it. It's neat to me. Um, and, and it blows my mind. We grew up I don't know how old you are, Nick, but when I grew up, you know, we didn't really talk about the mind, you know, I had a lot of cliches on my wall, you know, that were like those attitude posters, attitude is everything, or like teamwork posters, a lot of cliches, um, but they never really, I never really understood how that, you know, how to do it, how to implement any of that cliche. It was just really a motivational line. And so, what I've learned is I've like, oh my gosh, we actually attitude is everything. <laughs> and this is, this is what, these are practices I could do. I guess I am, um, maybe I'm a very uh, process oriented person or systems oriented person. I just couldn't figure out like, how do you do this? How do you do this? Not, you know, thing that's not tangible. And now through meditation, mindfulness practice, exercises, breathing tools, all of those um, have the potential to affect our, our whole health. And so, you know, we talk, I mean, it was so easy for us to talk about being physically healthy growing up. That was normal. You can see it. 
it's kind of tangible. Um, you know, you can even do things like hopping on a scale to see how far you're going or have your body fat tested and see how, how far you're progressing or your, you know, your time on your miles decreases. And so you have those. Um, but growing up, nobody really talked about mental health. Um, and we were just expected to, to, you know, get it done or, you know, uh, toughen up or, you know, just keep going. And it's like, how? How do you do that? When times get tough, how do you do that? So I'm, I'm really hoping that at the end of this program, uh, not only will I have learned, so it's very selfish, you know, I want to learn for my own self, um, but then at the end of that, um, goals like um, professional development, I'd love to get out there and just, I just want to, I guess I just want to preach this message because it has been so influential in my life and it's only been a two to three year study. And so if I've changed so profoundly in the last two to three years, you know, wow, what can I do the rest of my life? And so the end goal is to just use that, that degree to, to share, I guess, anybody who's willing to listen, um, to share the tools that have helped me. And maybe just maybe one of those tools sticks for a listener or, you know, another teacher out there for a staff that might be struggling. And, and so, yeah, I'd love to get into the schools and, and just talk and, and share, share what I've learned. It's, Part of it, too, is about um, not just about mental health, but productivity. Um, I have found that I've wasted so much time now that I'm able to, like, be more aware. Um, I waste so much time in my head. You know, it's like I worry about an upcoming meeting or I worry about what I said in the last meeting. So it's like I'm never really in this moment. I'm, like, thinking ahead and being overwhelmed with the to-do list or or, you know, worried about the future, or I'm thinking about the past. And all of that's a waste of time, Nick. You know, it's like, Absolutely. <laughs> what for? You know, and so when you start to learn to let that stuff go, and, and you know, meditation is really good for that, because you can see these thoughts like a waterfall in front of you, you know, you can actually make them kind of tangible. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so that's the program, that's the why, and that's the, the trajectory, I, I think. Got all my questions right there. The, the, my next question was the why, like, why do you want to do this? So that's great. Um, yeah. And like, like you said, I think there's, you know, when I'm about to be 36 in 10 to, uh, 11 days. So there you go. Now you know how old I am. A young 36. Um, but, uh, so well, happy yeah. birthday. We'll have to mark. So what is that? June 10th? June 10th. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, when we were growing up, I never heard of mental health by itself, but definitely not mindfulness or meditation, you know, and then going through college still never. And then into the Marine Corps, definitely not a thing. It is, it is now much more, but early on, you know, put your head down and run through a wall. That's what you're here for. Um, but now, like there are so many benefits and getting into the health, fitness, wellness, and now mindfulness through teacher fit um, world and a little bit before, I really didn't ever see it until I got into the entrepreneur world. And there was tons of talk about mental health and mindfulness and productivity and all these things that are super, super valuable to anyone. And I still don't think, and I know you see this probably more than me, but me talking to school leaders and individual teachers and just through our community, mindfulness, meditation, and mental health are at the bottom of the focus structure on most adults' 
lives, specifically teachers, it just, it's not the first thing they think of. And that's why I think our mindfulness program, the program that you're the director of is our most important program because it just puts on the forefront and that's how we put it at the top of our app each day that it comes out is that, hey, you can start with this. Every single person, whether you like to run like Allison and you're going to run an ultra marathon or you like to just work out, whatever it is, like you can benefit from mindfulness. Every single person that walks in the school doors can benefit from it, whether you're a 36-year-old male or you're a principal female or a first-year teacher, everyone can benefit. And there's, you know, it's just a powerful thing. And, you know, I definitely want to work with you to get you out to those schools. Something we've been putting a lot of thought to is how can we get more of our message out through wellness days and seminars and all that stuff. And I think even with the COVID-19 transition to everything's virtual, we'll uh, allow schools to accept like a virtual training and things like that. So that's definitely something we should, we should work on together. So I love that. I want to jump in want to jump in real quick because you really hit it on the head. I, I think that we should probably, I, I'd love to talk about the name of the podcast, The Flow. Um, but first, what, what you're talking about is um, courage from leaders. And what I've noticed is that um, I have had to just create courage in myself to just be open and say, hey, guys, I meditate, you know, and whatever judgment is on the receiving end of that, I just have to, and, and that's all part of the practice too, right? Not caring, you know, it's like, this is who I am. And, and so I, and I, uh, you know, you internalize too, you try to not judge yourself at the same time, but it was, people don't want to talk about it. And so you, you get in a situation where, um, you know, there's a lot of power that teachers have and a lot of power that it, school administrators have to say, this is important. And you're right, in the business field right now, there are CEOs that are mandating, you know, this type of training. And it's part of their HR department. They have people that work for them that that solely, you know, their job is to ensure the mental health and welfare of their uh, employees. And we know that healthy employees are better employed, right? We're going to have less sick days. We're going to be able to show up and do our job better for healthy, all that kind of stuff. So I think that... Um, you have to have a leader that's willing to be courageous enough to say, yeah, this isn't voodoo, you know, this isn't, you know, just mystical, um, this is real, and it's important. And so um, that kind of, that is a huge part, I think, of, of what has, um, what I guess I'm trying to do, I'm, I'm open, because I'm not afraid anymore, I'm not ashamed, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to let the judgment of others um, quiet my, my voice and my lessons. And I almost feel like I have to speak up because I know others are not, you know, I have to say, and, 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 you know, there's, I work with a lot of tough guys. I I would say like, you know, you're kind of, you're military or you're, you're, uh, physical, uh, physically fit. Um, and so the more I met these kind of tough guys, they're meditating too. You know, it's like you start to realize that people that you see as people you want to be more like, they put their mental health 
as a priority. And so uh, I think it, it's just important, and I, I just wanted to, to capitalize on what you were saying there, but I think that goes right into this uh, term flow. And I'd love to hear what your opinion on like peak performance is. And if you've had moments where you can remember, you know, um, ultra marathon, man, if you don't, I need to have like a list of things you have accomplished because that is <laughs> insane. That's awesome. You need to do the Grand Canyon thing where you run back and forth through the Grand Canyon. I don't know. Maybe you've already done that. I don't know. <laughs> I have looked at the rim to rim to rim. Uh, forget how many <laughs> miles it is, but the Grand Canyon run. <laughs> but yeah, I think that if we can look at the flow and that word peak performance, maybe you remember calling it the zone, um, thinking about, we just watched uh, the Michael Do uh, Jordan documentary, um, the last dance. I grew up in Chicago during the 90s when all that was happening. I remember Jordan playing for the White Sox. Uh, I, I just, that was like my childhood right there. Yep. So you think about peak performance for him, um, you know, in the zone. Uh, and I read a book by uh, George Mumford, who was one of the Chicago Bulls um, mindful coaches. Uh, he also coached um, Kobe Bryant. And he talked about the flow. And I think that we think about that as athletes. Um, but really, you know, I also would like to find moments of peak performance as a mother, you know, as just a person and um, as an employee. And, and if I think we can translate these messages, you and I as a team, because of the world and the experience you've come from and, and combined with the world and experience I come from to like view this stuff that we might see in this athletic world, but also translate it to just our jobs and who we are as people. Um, so I was hoping maybe you could talk about if you've ever, you know, experienced peak performance, what that means to you or, or the flow or the zone, if, if you have any memories of that. Yeah, for sure. And I love, I, that's why I love the name of the new version of the podcast that you came up with, The Flow, because that's what I think of is getting in flow, getting in the zone. I mean, that's what I used to call it when I played basketball, right? And I thought I was going to be the next Michael Jordan, uh, but I realized I was not as athletic as I'd, as I'd hoped. Um, but yeah, you get, in that, you get in that feeling of like, you can't miss. You can go, you can't go wrong. And then when, when I was doing a lot of running and you'll start to feel this when things get a little easier, maybe is like all of a sudden your mind is just clear and you're in that flow state and you're just, you're just moving. You're not trying to like push an, uh, a pace or you're not like struggling to keep up or continue. You're just going. And a lot of people turn to ultra marathons because of that, because you're out in nature and you're just moving. And after a period of time, you just hit that flow and you hit that stride. And, you know, there's tons of talk on podcasts and everything out about that. But I listen specifically, and I want you to check out Michael Gervais. I, the name of his podcast is leaving me right now, but he does high performance athletes. And he's worked with Olympians and all these types of people. And now he runs a program with the uh, Seattle Seahawks and he works with the football team. And him and the coach, again, name leaving myself, leaving me right now, but they've created a program for, you know, finding flow, not only in sport, but life. And something I was thinking about is like, there's got to be stories, you as an educator or teachers that listen to the show that, you know, you're, you're in a subject and you're just so passionate about teaching that subject that you just hit a flow and you feel like 
you're bringing the knowledge and the kids are being receptive. And I think that's what we want to bring that not only can you get in flow in a room, but you can get in flow in the classroom. But in order to do that as a mother or as a teacher, you, you personally have to be in a clear mental state before you start elevating your game to the next level. And yet we've all had those experience, maybe not realize them, but when we had that experience, we were so clear and focused on the task at hand that we could get into that state. Yeah. Yeah. I have experienced that exactly what you're talking about at work. I, did Have you ever seen that movie, uh, Kevin Costner's baseball movie? I think it was called the greatest game, something like that. He was a pitcher. I don't know. It wasn't the know. greatest. <laughs> my, Kevin Costner's this pitcher and he, it, it's, um, I think he calls it like the mechanism or something. And so right before he throws his pitch, you know, to, to get into this and, and they, they, the way that the cinematography does this movie is they like blur out the crowd. Um, the, the noise, you know, kind of, instead of hearing like all of the angry banter from the uh, fans towards the pitcher that would make him feel bad, you know, that becomes a low hum. And it's just like the world disappears and it's basically the pitcher and the catcher's bit and that's it. And so you, I think that's kind of what in my head when I think of the zone or flow, that's kind of the moment that I think of. And I, I can tell you meetings that I've been at that um, become, um, you know, anxiety ridden and, and maybe parents are asking for things that the school doesn't necessarily think is right or the vice versa. The, the school is asking for something that parents don't agree. And so you're kind of in this meeting and saying, hey, how can we find a win-win? And I, I can tell you that after practicing mindfulness and you have to practice it, you can't just, you can't just go out and do an ultra marathon and not have run, you know, however many miles and however many days you had to do that before that moment of, of the race. And so you have to have the practice to get your mind in a place every single day where you can have the potential to be in this moment. But I remember just kind of like, you know, calming. And it was just like, I was right there. I was nowhere else. I wasn't in the past. I wasn't in the future. I was right in this meeting. I was listening to every word and, and watching, you know, the, the, um, uh, animation of the people in the room so that I could try to figure out where are they coming from and what happens in that moment is you're able to actually be productive and you can actually come to a consensus and you can hear the other person instead of trying to say what you want to say you're actually now listening and then saying okay well this is what we can do for that you know and, and this is an idea I have for that so I, I have lived these moments where they translate into the classroom, into the workplace, um, but you got to put in the time, you know, you got to put in the practice. Yeah. Nobody gets in flow in a basketball game, not having practiced. Yeah. <laughs> like you're not going to get into flow, you know, with yourself in that without practicing mindfulness. The first time you meditate, right. You, I'm sure you could think back to the first time you tried and it was like, your mind is racing. What am I doing? Why am I sitting here in silence? What breath am I on? How long is this? I've been doing this for 20 minutes. Nope. It's been 30 seconds. Like your mind is crazy, but then over time you get better and better and more calm and more relaxed. And then you can start, you know, doing amazing things with it. I love that. So we've been going for about 35 minutes. I think we've covered so much. We got to know Allison way better even after her hectic morning 
but she was able to practice flow outside on the patio to get back in the office. So I love that. Um, I think we have, we have some great takeaways trying to think of one big one we can use for the title of the podcast, this episode. So I have to brainstorm on that, but Allison, I'm super excited. I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing about your morning and school and your running. Uh, it's been great. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I, I encourage our listeners to uh, give us some feedback and ideas, topics they'd, they'd like to hear us talk about and, um, you know, and make it as meaningful as possible to our audience, uh, I think is probably a shared goal of ours. So yeah, absolutely. And if, if you're a teacher or school leader who would be interested in having Allison or myself or a combo of mindfulness and wellness and nutrition, wherever it may be, doing some sort of virtual learning or virtual wellness session, let us know uh, and we can definitely facilitate that. But I appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts, share with a friend, tag them on social media, and we'll see you guys next time.